Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of Makers Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, if you love the Lord, somebody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Really quick, I've got to remind you of two things. How many of you guys know we've already had some rise nights this year here at Makers Church? Well, I've got a, we've got another one coming on April 24th. Everybody say April 24th. We have Andre Van Zell. He is a literally an apostolic and prophetic leader from South Africa, and he's literally shaken the nations with just the anointing that's upon his life. He's going to be here on that Sunday before April 23rd, both of our services, and then that Monday night is going to be a night where we just get into the river. There won't be any schedule or program, but how many of you guys know that the prophetic is still flowing and working in the earth today? Listen, I want to tell you, the prophetic gift upon his life given him by the Lord is just, just supernatural. And I believe God's going to come and speak and work, and there are going to be signs and wonders that absolutely just flood and wreck this house. So save those dates. April 23rd on that Sunday, he's preaching both services. And then a rise night on April 24th at at 7 p.m. Andre Venzel will be with us. Bring somebody with you. Bring somebody that needs healing. Bring somebody uh, that needs Jesus. I believe they're going to encounter him in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Listen, let's get into the word today. And as we do that, I want to remind you. How many of you guys know that we've stepped into the, we're about to step into this, uh, the spring feast of the Lord? We're stepping into celebrating the feast of the Lord, and we celebrate Passover and unleavened bread. We also celebrate the feast of first fruits. How many of you guys know every year here at Makers we bring a first fruits offering to the Lord? I got four people over here. How many of you guys know every year we bring a first fruits offering to the Lord? Every year we do it, and it's above our tithe, it's above our offering, because the Bible talks about how that we bring God a first fruits offering, not for what he's done, but what he's going to do. And it's a time where we ask the Lord uh, to say, Lord, what would you have us bring for a first fruits offering? The Bible talks specifically about how first fruits, when we bring first fruits, it sanctifies uh, the rest of our income. It literally uh, just uh, sets everything else up part as we step into another year, into another time of what God's doing. And I want you to be reminded, uh, we're going to be bringing a first fruits offering on April 30th. Everybody say April 30th. We'll talk more about it. I got to get into the word today, but go ahead and pray. Last year, listen, last year we sacrificially sold over $60,000 in a first fruits offering here at Makers Church that was able to bless so many things. And this year we get the chance to do it again, but be praying and asking God, God, what would you have me bring above my tithe and offering as a first fruits offering unto you this year as we celebrate the Feast of First Fruits? And I'm excited and I can't wait uh, to bless the Lord that day. But, church, it's my assignment for the next few minutes uh, to, to preach and teach on this subject, the priority of loving people. The priority of loving people. How many of you guys know that we should love people? Come on, look to your neighbor and tell them. Practice say, I love you. Come on, tell them right now, I love you. I love you. I, we, we just talked about how that we're celebrating uh, 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 Holy Week this week, and we're celebrating uh, uh, the, the Spring Feast of the Lord. Can I remind you that, that Passover and, and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, how many of you guys know it's all about how much God loves people? It's all, it's, it reflects so much about how much God loves you and me. Is anybody thankful that God loves you? 
God loves us. This whole time that we get to celebrate about who Jesus is and what he's done, so much of it is centered around the fact that God loves humanity. Why does God love humanity so much? Are you ready? Because people are God's priority. People are God's priority. And if people are God's priority, how many of you guys know they should be the church's priority? People should be the church's priority. Come on, talk back to me. Amen. People should be the church's priority. Starting tomorrow, we're starting something called Reach Week, where we are getting into our community. We're loving people, buying gas and groceries, coming on Wednesday to prepare and serve, going Saturday. How many of you guys know we're not doing that to fill your schedule? To not give you something to do because you're sitting at home watching Wheel of Fortune. It's because we want to reach people. It's because we're passionate about reaching into our community to make disciples and making a difference. And so we understand something. There should be a priority in our hearts and lives as the church of Jesus Christ to say if God loves people, we gotta love people. If the priority of God is people, our priority must be people. Look to your neighbor and tell them, say people are important. Come on, tell them, people are important. Now you know our vision here at Makers Church to make disciples and make a difference. We believe that the great commission is for each of us and all of us to go into all the world, go to all the nations of the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And now is the time, now is the time to passionately prioritize prioritize seeking the lost and making disciples. In this year where we said we are going to rise in Jesus' name, one of those components is we must seek the lost. We must seek the lost. Put that RISE acronym up there for me. We must seek the lost. Not only should we reach for next or prioritize intimacy with God or expect the supernatural, we must seek the lost. We must prioritize seeking the lost and making disciples. Because listen to me, if you're paying attention like I'm paying attention, those of us that are alive in the world today, we could be the very ones that see the rapture of the church and the return of Christ. Can we please stop acting like that's 500 years away? Can we remember that that could be a reality for us any day now? Come on, somebody. That could be a reality for us any, I don't know about you, anybody else ready to get raptured? Come on, somebody. I'm ready to see Jesus. I'm thankful for what he's done, and I know God's given us vision here, but the rapture of the church is imminent. The return of Christ is coming, and we can't sit around and say, oh, that's not gonna happen while we're alive. We'll let another generation deal with it. That's coming soon, and so what should we do in the meantime? Not twiddle our thumbs and not just come to church on Sunday so we can feel good about ourselves, but we should be passionate about seeking the lost. We should be passionate about seeking the lost. So as we step into this, this season of celebrating who Jesus is and, and what he's done, we have to remember that now is the time that Jesus mentioned in John 4, that the fields are ripe for harvest. Now is the time for Maker's Church to rise and seek the lost. If you believe that, somebody say amen to seek the lost. Now is the time to be reaching those who are lost with the life-changing gospel of the kingdom. But if we're gonna lead people to God, we have to love people like God. If we're gonna lead people to God, we're gonna to have to love them like God loves them. Can I submit to you today that our love is the key to lead people to the Lord? 
our love. Somebody say our love. Our love is the key to reaching a lost world with the gospel of the kingdom. Which means we cannot just prioritize loving God, but we must prioritize loving people where they are. Not loving people for where we want them to be, but loving them where they are. Loving them where they are. Pastor, if they're in a bad place, should I still love them? Yes. Pastor, if they don't know better, should I love them? Yes. Love them where they are. Are. Pastor, I've got lost sons and daughters that are so far away from God. Love them where they are and then pray in the spirit over them every chance you get that God can turn it around. Love them where they are. But our love is the key to seeking and reaching the lost. Our love is what God is desiring for us to have, not just for him, but for each other. Let me show you from God's word. 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to read about 11 verses. 1 John chapter 4, verses 10 through 21. Here's what, here's what the Bible says. Love consists in this. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our since how many guys know that describes Passover right there? Come on, that describes what Jesus did. He became the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must like one another, tolerate one another, only love people that love us. No, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit and we have seen and we testify that the father sent his son as the world's savior. Somebody say amen to that eternal truth. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God and God remains in him. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. There is no fear. Somebody say amen. That's the truth. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves a punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love. Somebody say that with me because he first loved us if anyone here's where it is if anyone says I love God and yet hates his brother or sister he is a liar for the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen and we have this command does it say suggestion and we have this command from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. Do you see how personal it is to God that we love each other? Do you see from the text how personal it is that we love people? You say, well, pastor, that was unclear. How about this one that everybody knows? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. 
For God so loved everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him uh, would not perish but have everlasting life. Loving people is so important to God that he gave his son to give us. And, and he, listen, he knew that he was giving his son to people that would reject him. And he did it anyway. Why would he do that? Because he loved humanity that much. Listen to me. Does it not blow anyone's minds to know what Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says? That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Come on, somebody. That while we were still sinners, it does not make anybody else want to say hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, that we would know that, that, that there are so many people that don't love Jesus back, that aren't going to love him back, that Christ died for all of us while we were still sinners. And you say, pastor, that's irrational. I know, but it's amazing at the same time. It's amazing to know that Jesus loves us that much. It's amazing to know that we have that kind of love from a father, but we also know that God desires for us to love people in the same way. Listen to me just for a minute. It isn't reasonable and it doesn't make any sense that God would love us so much that Jesus would die for us while we were still sinners, but that's the unconditional love of God for people. And listen to me, part of the reason that the church struggles to lead others to Christ is because we, we keep trying to share an irrational gospel in a rational way. We keep trying to share an irrational gospel in a rational way. Listen to me. Don't spend all your time trying to tell someone rationally about God. How about we just love them irrationally the way God loves us? How about we love them the way God loves us? It's not gonna make logical sense. It's not gonna be reasonable. But you say, well, pastor, that doesn't make sense. Good, God loving us that way didn't make sense, but he loved us enough to not quit on us, to not give up on us. And he said, I'm gonna love you anyway. It's time for Maker's Church to say, I love lost people, I love broke people, I love jacked up people and homosexual people and prostitutes and drug addicts and businessmen and hurt people, and church hurt people, we're gonna love everybody. Come on, if you believe that, somebody give God praise. We're gonna love everybody. We're gonna love everybody. One of my greatest desires that can be said of this house is that we're all about people. We're all about, well, pastor, shouldn't we be all about God? Of course, but who is God all about? People. If God's all about people, how many of you guys know we should then be all about people? So we can say, Lord, thank you for all you've blessed us with as it pertains to possessions. But God, how about you bless us with people? God, we're not interested in just reaping things. We want to reap souls for the kingdom of God. Because we all have the beautiful assignment and responsibility and opportunity to make disciples and make a difference in every way that we live. In every day that we live. And so I want us to see something this morning. I'm almost done. I want to share three really quick ways that we can prioritize loving people like Jesus. I want you guys this week to know during Reach Week, we're, we're doing different things. How many of you guys know, even if you're not going to help us buy gas or groceries, even if you can't come on Wednesday, how many of you guys know you can still reach somebody with the love of Jesus this week? 
You can buy somebody's coffee. You can buy somebody's own gas. You can help buy somebody's groceries on your own. You can invite them to join us for Good Friday service or Easter service. We got these cards as you're leaving today. Take one and give it to somebody. Give it to somebody in your neighborhood. Pastor, what if they say no? Okay. We tell our kids no 9,000 times a day. That doesn't stop them from asking again. Invite somebody. Let them know that God loves them. If you do something kind for people, don't just stop right there. Let them know, say, hey, I love you and God loves you and I want you to come to church with me on Sunday. Come on, somebody. If you believe that, somebody say amen. Let me show you three really quick things. Three really quick things I believe that will continue to help us have the right perspective as it pertains to people. The right perspective to see like we need to. You say, well, pastor, is the right perspective important? Absolutely. The right perspective about people is important. Well, pastor, you say love them like Jesus. I'm not Jesus. Did you guys know in the Bible it says that we can have the mind of Christ? The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 2.16, we have the mind of Christ. So we can have God's perspective because we can operate with the mind of Christ. If you believe it, say amen. So see this really quick. Number one, how can we love, prioritize loving people? The first thing right here, just see where they are. See their position. See their position. Sometimes we act like people ought to know better when they don't know better. Listen, if they're not walking with God, why would you look at them and then expect them to act godly? If they're broken and they're hurting and they're bleeding from people that have wounded them all through their lives, see them where they are. And are you ready? Love them. Well, pastor, if I love them, they're gonna think that I'm condoning their actions. No, they're not. They're just gonna know that somebody loves them. But pastor, I don't agree with what they say or what they do. There was a time that Jesus didn't agree with what you said and what you did. But he still loved you. So how many of you guys know we can't just try to get people to where we want them to be? We have to see their position, see where they currently are. If they don't know better, they don't know better. Matthew 13, Jesus was talking about people who were rejecting him, and he said they have eyes, but they can't see. They have ears, but they can, cannot hear. Listen to me. They may not be able to see or hear, but people can feel, and they will feel your love. They can feel your love. Your love disarms people. Your love will disarm mean people. Come on, how many of you guys know there's some mean folk in the world? So we carry mace, I'm just kidding, we don't do that. Some mean people in the world. There's some hurting people in the world. There's some frustrated people in the world. That doesn't mean we can't love them. How many of you guys know your love disarms folks? Your love, listen, the love of Jesus can shine through you. The love of Jesus will disarm so many people in so many situations. That's why Matthew chapter five, verse 16, says it so plainly. Jesus said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So listen, see them where they are. Stop trying to get them to where you want them before you love them. See them for where they are and love them. If you believe that, somebody say amen. Number two, see their potential. See their potential. A lot of times we want to focus on people's problems, but can I tell you, focusing on their potential will change your perspective. 
Focusing on their potential will change your perspective. Because here's the truth. Jesus saw everybody's problem. Because how many of you guys know he saw everything? He saw it before they told him. Jesus saw and knew everyone's problem. But instead of focusing on the problem, he always focused on their potential. He loved them where they were, and he spoke to the potential that was inside of them. Anybody like being around people that will speak to the potential inside of you? I don't like being around people that tell me that I've done as much as I can do and I'm never going to go any further. I don't like being around people like that. Like, oh, well, well, that's as far as you can go, so you better be thankful. No, I like for people to speak to the potential that I still have in Jesus' name. Jesus always saw the potential in people. He did not focus on their problems and then blame them for them, but he saw their potential. Do you remember in Luke 19, there was a, little, there was a wee little man named Zacchaeus. Come on, you guys know the song. Don't you make me sing it. I'll do it. I'm not afraid. I went to Sunday school. Somebody help me. But Jesus saw that man Zacchaeus. Listen, he was greedy, but Jesus saw generosity. Jesus saw generosity. How about Mary? Mary was a prostitute, but Jesus saw the purity of her heart. He saw the purity of her heart. How about Peter? Listen, Peter was an apostle. Peter led 3,000 people to the Lord in, in one sermon. But before he did that, he was a bumbling, stumbling, couldn't keep his mouth shut disciple. But Jesus saw what he could be. And listen, for us to love people, like Jesus, we cannot just see their current problems and say it'll never change. We've got to see their potential. We've got to see their potential. Well, pastor, that's hard. Jesus has always seen your potential. And let me go a step further. Before you knew Christ, somebody spoke to your potential. Somebody spoke to your potential before you stepped into the kingdom of God. Somebody loved you enough to not just say what your problems were, but they spoke to who you could become in Jesus' name. We have the same opportunity in this season. Why? Because time is short and Jesus really is coming back. And we've got to seek the lost. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to seek the lost. we got to seek the lost. we got to seek the lost. The last one right here, I need my worship team to come quickly. Come on, I need my worship team to come. This one's important. This one's important. After you see their position and see their potential, go to number three. You've got to stay patient. Well, Pastor, I don't want to be patient. How many of you guys know patient is a, patience is a fruit of the Spirit? How many of you guys also know that you should pray for patience? Some people, listen, that horrible theology that said you, don't, you shouldn't pray for patience, why? You pray for every other fruit of the Spirit. Pray for patience. Well, Pastor, that means God's going to put me in position to have patience. Well, if you're lacking that much patience, then you need help every day. You better pray for it. You need patience. But listen to me. This is super important. If you're going to love people the way God loves people, you're going to have to be patient. You can't, just, you can't just see their position or see their potential. You have to walk in patience. Let me show you from God's word what I'm talking about, why you have to stay patient. How about 2 Peter 3, verse 9? The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand, but is patient with you. But is patient with you. Long-suffering, patience. Not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. 
How about Romans 8.25? But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Sometimes we try to love people and we expect them to turn on the dime and say, good. Sometimes it happens that way. But other times we have to be patient with people. Say, Pastor, why? Because did you not just read the Bible? God's patient with us. If God's patient with us, shouldn't we be patient with people? Well, Pastor, what happens if I, if I try to reach somebody this week and I, and I invite them to join us for Good Friday or Easter service and they don't come? Good, invite them another time. Be patient with them. The worst thing you can do is invite them and they say no and then you cut them off. Keep loving on them. Keep loving on them. And you know what? That includes your own family. That includes the people that you know on a daily basis. Pastor, they get on my nerves so bad I can't hardly. Listen, how many of you guys know we have to get saved after Thanksgiving and Christmas because we spend all that time with our family? Come on. Regardless of the closeness of the relationship, stay patient. If God has been patient with us, you can be patient with people. Let me show you a beautiful story in Matthew really quick, and then we're going to pray together. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, I want you to see this. It's so powerful. It says, then Jesus came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. How many of you guys know we all need a touch of the Lord every now and then? So the Bible says that Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, you might want that miracle, come on. And put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. But notice what the text says. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Imagine if Jesus had looked at that man and said, I just touched you. I'm not doing it again. Imagine if Jesus in that moment had not stayed patient. How many times do we look at people and say, you already know what to do. You should just do better. I've already told you how you need to read your Bible. Now you need to read your Bible and stop bothering me about it. You say, Pastor, I don't treat anybody that way. We're impatient with people all the time. Jesus had enough love in his heart to touch that man again. He had enough love in his heart for that man to lay his hands on him again. Maybe you should call that person again. Maybe you should text them again. Maybe you should invite them again. Maybe you should love them again and be patient because you don't know how God is working in their heart and in their life, getting them ready to receive what he has for them. But you've got to be willing to stay patient. Pastor, why does this matter? Because God loves people more than anything else. And if God loves people that much, how much, sin, how much then should we also love people? It's time for Maker's Church to say we will seek the lost in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, I want you to stand to your feet.